I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is The Rich Eisen Show. So, as you know, um, I've had an issue with my Uber rating for quite some time now. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Click your icon in the top right. View my ratings. Yeah, view my rating. Oh, this is fantastic. 16 one stars. <laughs> the Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Coming up, Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus. Plus, from Amazon Freebies, Bosch Legacy, actor Titus Welliver. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Uh, we spent uh, much of hour number one, if not the entirety of it, in the uh, SEC, Jimbo Fisher, and uh, Nick Saban mosh pit. And uh, <laughs> we had Bruce Feldman of Fox Sports and the Athletic join us as these two um, kind of traded words through the media, um, and um, and uh, later on in this hour, uh, part of the Jimbo Fisher press conference uh, about whether they have traded words in private since then, and we'll play for you the entire Nick Saban soundbite. You know, in this day and age where you kind of take a soundbite here, take a soundbite there, I want to put it all in perspective. The comments he said about Texas A and M and about Dion's program at Jackson State in the entirety of what he said um, in in the proper context. I, we, we've, we've given you the context, but I wanted to give it to you the context in which he said these words because it also has something to say about where he thinks the sport is going and what needs to happen in order to, if you will, clean all this up. Even though both schools involved and both coaches involved say nothing needs to be cleaned up because they were, did it all on the up and up. Hour number three, Titus Welliver, the man who plays Bosch amongst many other uh, terrific roles that he has played in his great career, uh, he will be joining us here in studio, in person. All right. And um, it's going to be great. We're going to have a whole big conversation uh, with him in hour number three. Uh, But right now, we're going to talk professional football where the men were uh, paid to play. And there's contracts and unions, and we all expect it. And the transfer portal is something called trading and free agency. (laughs) And this man has got a big gig and a lot of people uh, with eyes peeled because that's what happens when you're the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. He is the pride of Toledo, Ohio, now trying to lead the parade down Michigan Avenue for the Chicago Bears faithful on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line is the new head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing better for talking to you. Uh, let's let's uh, let's start our chat if you don't mind hitting the wayback machine. Is it true that one of the coaches you played for when you played football at Toledo was Nick Saban? Is that a true story? That, that is a true statement. There's no doubt about it. 1990, his first year as a head football coach, he was coming from the NFL Houston Oilers. He was mm. the defensive backs coach. Got the job at Toledo, and we won the MAC championship way back in 1990 in one year. So you saw firsthand his uh, ability to uh, to move men and uh, move them in the right way, correct? There's, we had we had so many guys uh, on that on that team 
that were either talking about quitting during the winter conditioning or they did quit. So, <laughs> <laughs> We had 16 stations in winter conditioning, and, man, they were brutal. I had, I had terrible shin splints, couldn't walk downstairs, and, but I pushed through it. I ended up being the starting linebacker. I was all conference uh, that year, and we had a heck of a year. We ended up being MAC champions. So he put his stamp on things, in other words. You put yeah, a stamp it was great on for me to be able to see that because that, that really helped me, you know, when I was either turning the defense around or, as I'm going to do uh, now, turning the Chicago Bears around. That really helped me as a young man to be able to see – you know, and really live how he did that. That, and, was, uh, that was impressive by him. So um, are there any Saban-isms at all? You had a handful of coaches there while you were at Toledo. but um, Yeah, yeah. Saban is, you know, one of the things I learned from him is that it's always the next play. You know, so you focus your attention on one thing and then you move to the next play and then do it that way. That's how you play a football game, and that's what he really instilled in me as a player. And so uh, you got into coaching uh, in the NFL uh, after having some time in college, um, and was was it Eric Mangini who gave you that first pro job in Cleveland? Is that how it happened? Yeah, exactly. So Eric Mangini was, uh, was uh, calling around, and Rob Ryan was the defensive coordinator, and what they did, they, they interviewed a bunch of college defensive coordinators. Luke Fickle was one of them, and myself was another, and, and several other guys. Um, but I ended up getting the job, and that's how I got into the NFL, I think, 13 years ago now, I believe. so. But, yeah, it was Eric and, and Rob. And, and Rob was the guy who wound up uh, bringing you to Dallas as well. Is that the connection that's to the Cowboys? Correct, yeah. I followed him to Dallas, uh, and then – uh, he got let go from there, and then I ended up staying on with Monty Kiffin originally, and then Rod Marinelli was the guy that took over the defense there. I think it was in 2014 in Dallas. I spent seven years with the Cowboys and the Jones family. Man, I mean, Monty Kiffin, Marinelli, Nick Saban, those are some serious names that you were uh, watching and, I, I guess, soaking up, right, Coach, that yeah, entire time? You learn a lot each guy and you kind of form your own philosophies as you go through that and and uh those all those guys are really good coaches and they've all done really well at the profession and and uh to me it's it's what what forms your philosophies and what forms your strategies of how to get things done uh through just through observation and working with those guys and see how they do it and uh, that was a experience for me and of course there's really no uh prepping uh you for your first coordinator job that you get uh, through a guy who's agrees to be a head coach somewhere and then decides not, and that's how you got the gig at the Colts, correct, Coach Eberflus? That's how that happened yeah. with Josh McDaniels. Yes, that was correct. So uh, going into the Super Bowl, uh, we accepted the job uh, yeah. to go to Annapolis, and then on Tuesday after the Super Bowl, um, uh, he decided not to take the job, and I'm sitting there with uh, Chris Ballard. And uh, so we just basically said he, he came into me right afterward. Uh, we found out that he wasn't taking the job. He says, you still got a job. You're good to go. And about 10 days later, um, might have been a little bit less than that, they hired Frank Reich, and him and I hit it off in the beginning. You know, we hit, our philosophies are in the same, you know, in the same, are lined up, and, and he's just a great, great man. I just I cannot say enough about Frank Reich um, and Chris Ballard. Those guys are just unbelievable. 
and they were very supportive, let me do my job at Indianapolis, and I, I certainly uh, cherish that time there, and I thank those guys for that. So you take the job, you leave Dallas to take the job in Indianapolis to uh, work on the staff of somebody who then says, I'm not coming. Chris Ballard says, you're still staying, and then you 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 work with a guy on a staff with a guy you had never met, right? You have never met Frank Reich before? No. Either way? Never, never met him. Damn. Before. I mean, how do you handle a situation like that? How does that happen? Well, I just think right? be yourself. Yeah, you be yourself. And, and Frank saw what kind of person I was and how I coached. And, and he was like, man, I really like the way this looks and the way it, way it, it feels. And, and we had some good defenses. We were in the top ten every every year uh, in defense at, at the Colts and, and sometimes a lot higher than that. But uh, I, I thought that he liked the product on the field. And also we work well together just man, you know, man-to-man. Uh, with our uh, personalities and philosophies are right in line. So it was a real easy transition uh, for us. So what would you say your philosophy is that now that we've walked everybody through your history to get to the spot where you're at? I mean, what a job to have head coach of the Chicago Bears. That is that's quite a bold, you know, bold, bold, bright letter line on a resume. What, What did you tell the Bears, the McCaskey family and and everybody else there, uh, Ryan Poles as well, to say to, that your philosophy is that you can let the fans know, Coach. Yeah, I, I would say this is that is that uh, look at the tape, watch the tape, and see how we we played as a defensive unit, and that's my philosophy. And what you'll see on tape is you'll see guys that play extremely hard. They're very intense. Um, they they know how to take the ball away, and obviously we're going to have to take care of the ball um, as well on offense. But we're going to play hard. We're going to be very intense. And we're going to take care of the football, take the ball away, and we're going to be smart. I'm going to I'm going to drill these guys in situations uh, to make sure they understand the critical points in the game that win football games. Albeit, you know, two minute red zone into the game, uh, you know, four minute, all the situations, and we're going through that right now. And then, really, it's more about my coaching philosophy. I believe in this. I believe in the coach and player relationship. Uh, I think that's very important to to get the best out of the player. You have to have that. And how do you do that? Well, you do it really in four different ways. You model the behavior you want to see as a coach, and then you do that with the player, and the player does it for everybody else. And in that, as you model, you inspire guys. You inspire them to act and to do right and to work extremely hard. right? And then you challenge. The next thing is that you challenge guys. You have to challenge them. And how you do that, you do it in a respectful way. So you model, you inspire, you challenge. And then at the end of the day, football is hard and, and, and it's difficult. And the last thing you've got to do is you got to be able to encourage. you got to be able to encourage yourself to keep going and encourage others around you. So uh, that's really my coaching philosophy. And what the product you'll see on the field is what I talked about, the hustle, you know, the intensity, and then taking care of the ball and being real smart uh, in situations. So that's what we talked about, and that's what I've done throughout my career, and that's what we're going to do here at the Bears. Matt Eberflus, head coach of the Chicago Bears here on the Rich Eisen Show. So we just uh, walked through your history, and obviously it's on the defensive side of the ball, and you said look at the tape and see how we play on defense. Many Bears fans are uh, concerned about the other side of the ball, though, Coach. I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school. Uh, about right. how Justin Fields is the hope for so many there uh, in Chicago land. What is your plan for him now, Matt yeah, Eberflus? We are we are went through phase one and phase two, so we've had a lot of classroom work with him, and we've been on the field for the voluntary mini camp, and then we're just starting OTAs, and we have about 
including mandatory minicamp. We have about, you know, 10 or 11 more practices to go, and, and he's just doing a really good job. But to answer your question is that we're going to build this offense around him, you know, his skill set. And part of that is being able to acquire the skill set and, and fit it around him also. And that's, that's the most important thing. What can he do and what does he do well? And then let's enhance that. And that's what we're doing. You know, the offensive staff is doing a really good job. You know, we have a great offensive line coach, you know, Chris Morgan, you know, paired with our offensive coordinator, uh, Luke Getze, uh, who's got a really innovative mind. He comes from that Shanahan, you know, Kubiak tree of the wide stretch zone and the play action pass and the whole thing's built off of that. And if we run the ball really well, which we will because of our, our line and the way we're going to operate, we're going to be able to really open up a lot of windows uh, for our quarterback. And the system is really quarterback friendly. It's been quarterback friendly for a lot of years. Uh, it's won Super Bowls. And you can see what it did last year for uh, even like Stafford. You know, he gets in that same system and man, he just takes off and really flourishes in that system. And, and the second year for a guy like Justin Fields, he's just going to take off and do really good things uh, in improving this year and setting our foundation for the Chicago Bears. Well, I mean, uh, Coach Eberflus, I, I, I deal in the world of narratives and um, hear many of them and they cross my ears, whether it's people calling in or me talking to observers or just hearing from Bears fans. And the general sense, though, is that despite the plan that you may have for Fields, that uh, the roster isn't there yet for him to succeed. And the general sense is he could get seriously hurt in the same way he could not finish last year. Now, obviously, you can't worry about that. That can happen on any snap in the NFL. But how do you respond to people saying that you're, you're still not ready for Justin Fields to succeed on the field right now? Well, I would, I would answer that by saying this, is that, hey, we, you know, we're building a foundation here. You know, so, you know, what we do, how we do anything is how we do everything, you know. So it's important that we build a foundation of what we want to be in the future, you know. And the future is – I know the future is now in the NFL. I understand that. and But we're in the process of building that. And that, that is player acquisition, you know, with Ryan Poles and myself. And it's also scheme, you know, how, we, how do we do a good job of protecting him, you know, through the play passes, you know, through the quick passing, through the screen game. How do we do that? And, and that's going to be very important for us to do that as we go. So, again, we want to build a team that plays extremely hard, um, and that's one of the foundational pieces. And it's not going to be built overnight. Now, we're going to be you know, pretty good um, as, we, as we get started, but we'll keep improving every single week. And so uh, how did you find Justin Fields when he arrived? As obviously, you've been around many a quarterback at many different stages right. of career. Uh, how did you find him in terms of his development when you first met him? Coach. Yeah, I just think, you know, uh, he's he's really grew, uh, grown leaps and bounds in the last few months. Uh, I can tell you that. I mean, his his footwork is really, uh, really improved. Um, the timing of the passing game is really improved. Um, his decision-making is improving as we speak. And the, they're just doing a great job, we are as a, as a whole staff, of really working on the details of that. And, and I think that he was like a big sponge uh, just soaking everything in, and he is a fast learner. The guy is super smart, uh, able to understand uh, the width and depth of the offense. And we are going through it the second time now, so we've already put it in once, and now this is the second time through OTAs, and he is just doing a bang-up job uh, with it, um, taking command of the offense now. And, uh, and we'll see how it goes. And it's going to keep going really well through a mandatory minicamp and then into the summer. But 
um, he, he's doing a really good job. We're pleased, uh, really pleased with where he is. And you've definitely saw firsthand with your time at the Colts, to say the least, and obviously with Dallas, that if you've got a bell cow quarter, uh, running back, you put the bell on him. Uh, is David Montgomery that guy for you, Coach? Yeah, I think that it's it's David Montgomery, and it's also guys that you know we're bringing in. There's some other guys in the mix there, uh, but you know I know this that um, you know David Montgomery's got the skill set to get it done for sure. Um, and the wide zone scheme you've had, you know, of the Denver Broncos and you know shoot all the teams of the past that have run this scheme. There's been many a running back get over a thousand yards in this scheme, and uh, so we're excited about that part of it. We're excited about the offensive line, how they're progressing too. All right, uh, on the way out the door, coach, I'm going to give you a piece of red meat to chew on or do what you wish. You know what? You know, Lovey Smith, one of your predecessors, was asked about the Green Bay Packers when he first took the job, and he's like, "We're going to beat them." You just flat out said that. I don't know if you're aware, while you were in Indianapolis, uh, Aaron Rodgers let the fans in, in Soldier Field know who really owns the Bears. I don't know if you heard that line. Did you hear that line from uh, Aaron Rodgers at all, Coach Everflus? No. Okay. He said, I, I own you, is basically what he said. How do you, uh, what, what, what's your sense on that rivalry, Bears-Packers, and how you're going to handle that? I, I think it's a great rivalry. And, and, you know, if you go back to, you know, the old days, you know, with Lombardi and Hallis, and what I know about those two gentlemen, okay, is that those guys were good friends, uh, and 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 they understood the rivalry and they understand what it was about. And I understand that it's a historic rivalry, and we're going to treat it as that. And we're excited to get to play those guys twice a year. Okay, so just remember when you hear that line from Rogers being said to you, maybe at a podium, who, where you heard it from first. I let you know about yeah. that one. I will say this. My dad used to say this to me all the time. We will see. We will see. Fantastic. Coach, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Best of luck. It was good to run into you at the Combine, and uh, let's do this again soon. Okay. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate you, man. I look forward to seeing you again. Right back at you. That's Matt Eberflus, the new head coach of the Chicago Bears, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. There you go. Let it be known. I mean, he's one of the bigger question marks of many coaches in the NFL, certainly in a, in a uh, primo spot, you know. Yeah, just think and, also, too, because nobody really had heard of him. Right. You know. Right. And taking a defensive-minded coach for a situation where the offense is the biggest right. focus of everybody in that town and fan base. Always, for the last 30 years. Right. And then I just gave him a shot. Remember, Lovey, Lovey Smith came out okay. in, in his introductory press conference and just went right at Green Bay saying, we are going to win those games. You know. Which is what you're supposed to do. And, well, I mean, he, you know, he's, how you he's win the a fan different base, personality right, right there. And now I, now he knows, I guess, Aaron Rodgers said that, uh, that yeah. the, the uh, Bears uh, are owned by him. And you know, Rich, right. I mean. <laughs> what? It's Chris. With all due respect to, to Coach Eberflus. Great guy. He's finally got his What chance. are you setting up? There's absolutely zero chance that he had That's... never heard Aaron Rodgers say that before. I mean, it was national news for a whole week, and then the next time around when they played well, again. I'll, pu- I'll push back a little bit on that one uh, with just a general sense of, about coaches and then also – uh, a little bit of a personal knowledge here, okay? I mean, coaches are coaches are in total lockdown, and they don't know anything that's going on in the real world. A lot of times, that's not real world. That's his own world. I I I, I just remember that's years true. ago, Mike Shanahan was at the was at the the Pro Bowl, I think he was, or I forget where it was. 
But this is when Brokeback Mountain was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was a huge movie, as you know. It was uh, Oscar. Huge movie. Right. Uh, one Best Picture. It, and, and just everyone was talking about it. Op-ed pieces were being written yeah. about it. And I remember uh, making a reference to it, and he had no idea what it, what it was. None. No clue. And so coaches sometimes just shut off the, the world. But in terms of Eberflus, I, I met him once. It was nice of him to say, see you again. Um, I saw him at the Combine. Um, he's represented by a former agent of mine when he was in the broadcast oh, world, okay. Trace Armstrong, one of the greatest people on planet Earth. And he, I think he represents every coach everywhere now. <laughs> and um, I met him for dinner. And who was sitting there but Eberflus and Ryan Poles. And I got to meet them and hang out. And it's at this outstanding downtown restaurant in Indianapolis that um, I've been to now three times at the Combine. It's outstanding. I'll give him a, a little shout out. Bluebeard. Okay. And, um, and Eberflus had never been there before. And he had been the defensive coordinator in Indianapolis for three, four years, 2018, 19, 20, 20, and 21. He had never been there before. And the reason why, he's like, this is a great place. I'm like, you haven't been here? And he said, no. It's because it was downtown and where the Colts have their offices and practices, totally different part of town. And that's where he spent his time. Never went down, like, I don't think he ever left his office. Or I, I don't know if his car knows a different route from his house right, to that spot. He had no idea. He goes, yeah, I don't come around here. And I'm like, you don't take any time off? And he kind of gave me this look. Like, are you kidding me? So I, I believe it, that he would, like, he like Bears and I know, like, but a he's Colts got, defensive coordinator in tunnel vision getting get ready okay. for his game. He's not paying attention to, you know, Rodgers being picked up on a hot mic in Soldier Field, you know? You I and Eberflus, same age. Okay, he's like a month older than you. Yes. All right? You have kids. Yes. Mm-hmm. Eberflus has kids. Okay. Your kids let you know about a lot of stuff that's going on, right? Yes. Okay. You don't think one of his kids, after he got the job, was like, huh, Rogers owns you guys. Maybe not. Okay. Depends on how old his kids are. I'm just saying that Eberflus might be the right guy for, for the job where he's just coming in clean slate, just focused on, on what he's... I agree with Chris. Focused on. Huh? Uh, I mean, man, are you okay? My, my, like a hot towel or something? Are you all right? My mom knew that Aaron Rodgers said that, you know? So so I'm pretty sure Eberflus had to know. I don't know what that was. still own you. Well, we will see, I guess. I mean, look, I hope he does a great job. Why would he deny it then? Why would he say I don't know? Well, to not give any type of credence uh, yeah, mind games. to Ro- well, to Rodgers, yeah, playing mind that. games. Yeah, I yeah, heard just that. Be like, yeah. No, I didn't even. It was so stupid. I didn't even pay attention to yeah. it. Like, okay, yeah. so then if that's the case, then you know the, the you, you've got a uh, a controversy averse coach of the Bears, and he's just going to keep it straight vanilla, and hopefully he, he can win football games. And that the former um, assistant in Green Bay, Luke Getzey, coming down the toll road, and he's going to bring an offense that he's clearly handed off to him. You do it. You do it. You bring the Shanahan Kubiak system down, multiple running backs from Mike Anderson to Orlandis Gary to Terrell, you know, to uh, Terrell Davis. Fantasy football's worst have, nightmare. Have, won, have gotten 1,000-yard seasons. So here comes David Montgomery and the rest of that room downhill at you. I mean, I hope so for Bears fans. Like it's Rich just, Eisen show glue guy Treston Ebner wound up there. Here they come. Uh, football's better when the Bears are, Bears are good. I have a few friends that are Bears fans, so I wouldn't mind seeing them do well. Plus, also for you, uh, football's better when uh, when coaches bark at each other. 
Way better. <laughs> also, Rich, you did whiff on an opportunity there to drop an Ashton. I just, I just he lobbed like, you up. He, like, he, it was like it was Stockton like, the Malone, bro. It was, it was like was, the LeBron Dwayne Wade video. He, it was I gave it to you, he and like I threw don't up give the alley. I totally, I, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm totally. Um, you missed it. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking a segment ahead. I'm, I'm very rarely do I do that. I try <laughs> just, to live in the moment. I mean, it's his favorite thing, Chris, and I gave it to him. And because you know I, mean? I was making a transition to break, and yeah. <laughs> Rory McIlroy six under. Damn. Come on. Just birdied five. Damn. Five. Can someone on my team do something? All right, let's take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. When we come back, the full statement, um, the in question from. Um, from Nick Saban, a big two-minute soundbite just to be fair and balanced to the two-minute soundbite we gave to Jimbo <laughs> Fisher in the first hour. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen show. Yeah, you know, he didn't do it. Nick, I mean, Fisher didn't call out what Saban did. So before we go any further here. Yeah. So we played you that two-minute soundbite at the top of our show from uh, Jimbo Fisher's response to Nick Saban. Nick Saban, again, was speaking to some local business folk in Birmingham, Alabama, I believe. Bumming him. Just uh, nearby the old uh, the old ranch in Tuscaloosa, and name, image, and likeness came up, and he went on a lengthy the 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 entire soundbite that I saw was close to eight minutes long. Obviously, in a show like this one, um, we don't we're, we're not going to play the full eight minutes, but we gave here's the relevant here, here's the relevant two minutes um, of what Saban said 
in which you'll hear the the sound bites that are have been ringing bells all over the place involving Texas A&M and Jackson State and also the Miami basketball program rolling. It's not supposed to be something where people come and make money. And you make a decision about where you go to school based on how much money you're going to make. You should make a decision based on where you have the best chance to develop as a person, as a student, and as a player, which is what we've always tried to major in. And we're going to continue to do that. And hopefully there's enough people out there that will want to do it. But I know the consequence is going to be difficult for the people who are spending tons of money to get players. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. So it's, uh, it's tough, and people blame the NCAA. But in defense of the NCAA, we are where we are all right, because of the litigation that the NCAA gets, like the transfer portal. Every time somebody wanted to transfer, they'd apply for a waiver. Right, if you didn't give them, the NCAA didn't give them a waiver so they could be immediately eligible, they filed suit. So the NCAA would back off and give them a waiver. So they just said, we're just going to make a rule where everybody can transfer. That's how that happened. So if the NCAA doesn't get some protection from litigation, whether we got to get an antitrust or whatever it is, from a federal government standpoint, this is not going to change because they cannot enforce their rules, just like Nate said. We have a rule right now that says you cannot use name, image, and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell, read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division I player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. I mean, these guys at Miami that are going to play basketball there for $400,000, it's in the newspaper. The guy tells you how he's doing it. So, um, but the NCAA can't enforce their rules because it's not against the law. And that's an issue. That's a problem. And, and unless we get something that protects them from litigation, I don't know what we're going to do about it. So, my two cents on what Saban just said on what he thinks needs to fix the situation is to get federal government help because of his example of the transfer portal issue that the players sued because they were asking for a transfer portal waiver and didn't get it. And the, the court system said, yeah, that's illegal. So now we're just going to make a rule where everyone can get it. And that now the federal government should come in and make some rules with some antitrust exemption so there can be some enforcement. You can't enforce something that's illegal, which the court system ruled the transfer portal waiver issue the way it was being done. They ruled that illegal. And so now you want the federal government to give you some sort of antitrust exemption so you can now enforce rules that were initially illegal. And by the way, you know what, you know who gets antitrust exemptions? Professional sports leagues, (laughs) professional sports leagues get antitrust exemptions. That's not the way out of it. 
if there needs to be a way out of it. And again, I think there needs to be some rules set up. And if you can't do it for all member schools at every level of football, you're going to end up seeing these teams get together, conferences get together of like mind and like revenue and like school presidents and like national recognition, get together and create their own damn league with their own rules. And that's it. That's where it's coming. I mean, I hope they do. Because what Saban said just kind of made no sense. What it means is, is that there are other people out there operating their collectives in a way that either Alabama won't or, heaven forbid, can't. Which might have been, I know you're looking at me like Alabama could do whatever they want. (laughs) But he's talking to local business leaders, maybe saying, where's your NIL money? Uh Step up. You're seeing what the 12th man's putting in that collective. That's a good uh, assessment. How about you become my 12th man? I I have no idea. Or he could just be like, this is the way I've operated. I don't like operating this way anymore. We need to have somebody come in and make the rules the way it used to be operated, same way. I have no problem with guys making money if there's a collective that calls me up and say, hey, coach, there's a, again, I always use this as, as a phrase, Buddy Garrity <laughs> wants to put some money into, loves that left tackle, wants to give him a, a Dodge deal or something like that. And then that's what he wants. Okay, sure, no problem. Uh, I got to go try and dismantle, you know, uh, Texas A&M this week. You go for it. As long as you just keep it legal. I don't want any sort of problem. Keep Good kid. Keep he deserves money. Keep right. But not like, you know, kid now saying, hey, as Saban said before that soundbite I played for you, they have, they do in fact have kids coming up to the, uh, Alabama saying, if I don't make this much in NIL, I'm not coming. And I don't blame him for basically saying pound sand. Do you not know who I am? Nick Saban. He also pointed out over a billion dollars in NFL contracts have been earned by Alabama players who have gone on to the next level. That's, you know, <laughs> he's still Alabama. He's still Nick Saban. But if he's sitting there thinking, you know, federal government, who's he going to call? Uh, Senator Tuberville? Hey, remember I used to beat your ass? I don't know if he was still, I think he probably did beat his ass. Well, he beat everyone, yeah. So you're saying I don't know if he was already out of Auburn by the time he got to Alabama. I don't, I can't, I don't know that off the top of my head. But he could call up Senator Tuberville. Hey, while you're taking a crash court on how to be a, a government official at the, at the level of United States Senator, uh, Tommy, you know, can you talk to me about legislation or maybe get it out there? I mean, is that the way? Is that the way this thing's going to get fixed? The federal government's going to come in. Yeah, we don't need so that. no. Uh, and plus, it's not going to come in to fix something that the courts have said is illegal. I mean, he, his point was essentially, "Hey, you know, look at the transfer portal. We used to do things a certain way. Then the courts came in and said that's illegal. Now we got a rule where everyone can do it. Yeah, that's what's called a remedy. <laughs> his remedy is for the federal government to come in and give them." what professional sports leagues have so they can figure something out to level the playing field. I, I, I quite didn't understand that. And then again, um, the, the way this is going to go, like I said, is that some, some teams like Alabama and Texas A&M and other schools from the SEC will call up my alma mater, I'm sure, and Ohio state and the big 10 and call up, you know, Clemson and the ACC and whoever else wants to come Notre Dame, you want in USC, come on in, let's figure it out. Texas. Let's figure it out. Let's go to the Big 12, whoever's left there, and get them involved. Mike Gundy, he's a man. Call him up. He's 50. Let's all get together. Don't leave out Coach Leach because, you know, he'll say anything. Yep. And, you know, and, and let's all get together. Yep. And 
We'll come up with our own rules. There'll be 40 of us, 50 of us, and we'll have our own college football playoff. And that's it. Who says no? Nobody. Well, certainly if it becomes easier to budget things and easier to plan things and easier to not pay lawyers and pay the kids instead of the lawyers, I mean, that might be the way it goes. So at some point, interestingly enough, I think Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban will be on the same side of this issue eventually. Question is, is when are they going to talk to each other? Today's not that day, apparently. This was uh, a soundbite from the Jimbo Fisher press conference. We've yet to play. Hit it. Have you had any contact with Nick since? No. Oh, he's called. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. We're done. And uh, He shows you who he is. And then I just wanted to. He's the greatest ever, huh? And then I just wanted to. You got all the advantages? Uh Uh-huh. Easy. <laughs> like Jimbo never had any advantages. I mean, come on, like, come on. <laughs> like Dabo too. Like really? Oh, so Nick's the only guy? You never did anything. Your your hands are clean. Let's get the federal government involved. Like, stop. That's not coming. Again, that, that, none of this would come out if Nick hadn't said anything. That's you're looking. Well, everybody knew. Like Nick just said the quiet stuff out loud. Well, and that's. Why I said at the beginning of this program, when Dabo Swinney said, let's blow this thing up, it's got to be blown up. Who's going to blow it up? The NCAA on their own volition? The school presidents of their own volition? No. Who's going to blow it up? The, uh, you know, the court system might force somebody to do that, but, but they already did that with the NIL, and we were waiting around a year, and it's now worse. Remember, it was last July we came on this show saying, the NIL starts today. Yeah, right. Now look at us. Less than a year later. It's a mess. There's no rules or there's no sense of rules, and now you've got people calling each other out at the highest level, that's what's going to blow it up. That's what's going to blow Nobody's it up. Nobody's going to kill Fight Club. Yeah, you don't talk about it. Nobody's going to kill the Golden Goose. Can't talk about it. So, Oh, it'll still be laying eggs. The Golden Goose is laying adamantium <laughs> uh, yes, expensive eggs. Yeah. eggs. Oh, there's no doubt about it. That's why the, the ones who make the most are just going to get together, and that'll be that. It's coming. I don't know when. Oof. Great. My we're son all, is we're all here my, for my son. My oldest is thirteen. He's turning fourteen this summer. Will he be out of college by the time that happens? I don't know. I mean, they could have it next year if they wanted. Oh, they can't even figure out the number of college football playoff games they're playing. <laughs> right, exactly. But that's easy, the way Chris. through it. That's the way through it. The college football playoff system. Who that's the they govern their own body, as you know, as to when they play and who they play in the college football playoff system, different from the NCAA. That's the organization or the umbrella under which a super league could be formed. Gene Smith of Ohio State, pardon me, the Ohio State, the athletic director of the Ohio State is talking about the quiet part in that regard out loud. He's just throwing stuff out is what he said. Just throwing stuff out. out. That's the ultimate not saying, just saying. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just throwing it out. Maybe. As you know, the not saying, just saying is a a close cousin of with all due respect, (laughs) where you're allowed to say whatever you want after that. (laughs) Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. The great Titus Welliver is making his way to the studio. Don't go anywhere. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. 
you know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No, the I would ST driver from Callaway. You've yes. got to check it out, folks. Just like the irons, there's four different versions of this incredible rogue ST driver. Most stable, fastest driver ever. Engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge. Gives you more speed on off-center hits. Provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. And there's one for every single player because Callaway knows who to fit with the best stick. Most golfers are going to fit into the max with that incredible combo of distance and forgiveness. There's also the Max D, dedicated draw model for players who need more shot shape correction. If you need something more low spin, there's the Max LS with stronger trajectory and more neutral ball flight. If you're watching the PGA Championship, the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS, that's the compact low spin head that the tour players love. Look, Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your Rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. Is Rory still uh, tearing up Tulsa right okay, now? Okay, Rich, uh, update uh, from Southern Hills. Rory gave one back. Okay. Uh, struggled on the par three sixth, bogeyed that one. Tiger Woods currently uh, really struggling. He's oh, bogeyed no. three of the last four holes. Damn it. Two over. Okay. That's not terrible. Not terrible. That's not too bad. John Daly, Big John, struggled to close. Uh, he bogeyed the last three holes. He's two over as well. Okay, very good. Um, thank you for the uh, the birds and giving birds. Every time Brockman gives birds. an update, right? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. I like it's it. It's mandatory. Go to the I like it. It's Your clubhouse good. leader, Chris Kirk and Xander Schauffele, in at minus two. Okay, um, and uh, Rory five under, huh? Rory okay. five under. Matt Kuchar two shots back. Kuch Kuch always starts strong. Okay, always in every tournament. And that's Kuch. not code for anything, right? Kuch starts starts strong. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. What are you laughing at over there? <laughs> Just something, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take some phone calls while we're still on the air, right? <laughs> Riley in Savannah, Georgia, you're on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Riley? Hey, Rich. I appreciate you taking my call. Sure. What's what, Are you walking out the back door? What are you doing? Where, where are you going? No, I actually. I actually sure. walked into my boss's office. Oh, 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 oh okay. Okay. shut the door of the yeah. boss's office. Are you the boss? Yeah, he's, he's away, but uh, he did attend the national championship game in Indianapolis. Okay. So, Riley, uh, put I'm your feet on his Georgia desk. helmet right now. Okay. 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 So basically, um, I called because I've got a couple of ideas that I've been bouncing around since uh, Jay Billis spoke uh, last week yeah. and Bruce Feldman today. 
and I've kind of, I'm a CPA, and I did about 200 audits of for-profit schools and trade schools. Um, so I'm a trained auditor, and I just keep coming back to a remedy that's going to marry the Super League, Transfer Portal, mm-hmm. NIL, high school, and these collectives. So I think there's a Super League that can generate. It's going to be a private league yep. or you know, the CFP is a tournament. I think we can generate a private league, but the kicker is that player stipends, 70 to 90 grand beginning for juniors and seniors. So 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, while they're still trying to figure out where they want to go to school, while they're still maybe low or medium on the depth chart, um, they're wondering if they want to transfer you know, keep them on the scholarship type of arrangement. But, you know, Florida State and Miami or Georgia, Clemson, you know, you're going to have a different recruitment. If you can offer uh, kids, by the time you become a junior, 75 grand, point blank. And if you stick around for your senior year, you don't go into the draft, I'm giving you a 20% raise. Thank you for the call. Oh. Greatly appreciate it. That's uh, that's food for thought, to say the least, right there. Food for thought. Mm, interesting. I, 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 th- those numbers are way too low as far as I'm concerned. The mm, amount of money that I, I think 50, 50 schools would earn for something like that, the television contracts alone yeah, through the roof, please. Uh, I, I'm, and plus you pay the, the first two year, first couple years, nothing? Oh, yeah. Zippo? I don't know about that. How many kids would instead not go there but go to the uh, schools outside of that construct where they can still get drafted into the NFL and get paid an insane amount of money? Uh, I don't know if you're going to be getting the best talent there just because you want these kids to come and be uh, coached by you. Another thing, too, though, I just want to make sure, just get this out here, and I'm sorry to say this, but you understand it comes from a, a point of love. If you guys ever have to take a call, you you may not just stroll into my workspace <laughs> and close the door. <laughs> Why? And, and seemingly, have... like, you hear he was tapping on the table, too. Yeah, like, was he just sitting in the boss's chair? Yeah. I, I just take a seat? I wanted him to put his I mean, feet on his desk. Of, what sort of accounting firm is being run down there in Savannah? What the hell? Also, There's no rules there either. Also, that was interesting because yesterday <laughs> we were talking about we need a bookkeeper for RES Consulting, and then yes. he called. So, you know, maybe he could send us a resume. He could. We no, I, I kind of like the cut of his jib. I mean, yeah. he's thinking about it. Thinking. But, but, but again, take my gig? He, he put his feet on your couch, though, Rich. Uh, That's the only yeah. thing. Guys, you, you, you got to be just, if I'm out, you just, uh, I'm trusting you're not like moving Rich. things around Rich. in the office and just sitting down and making yourself at home. Rich, there was a door. day when we actually made a pizza on your there? desk. What'd you say? That's when true. you were gone. That's true, Rich. If uh, people year don't one. remember the here on this desk, year out one. here, oh, I'm yeah, talking about my private, private workspace. Oh, we would never uh, go in there. Right? We would never. We're the green room. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, there's <laughs> guests. Titus Welliver sitting in there right now. Yeah, I went yeah, in there. I put my feet on the couch the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I steal bags of like Rick James Brockman. Oh, I know that. I come into work like what? Magic magically some snacks get removed from there. Yeah, it's like me and Brockman. That's for Titus. That's for guests. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but Titus Brockman, wasn't here the other that? day. We what the hell sort of operation am I running here? Oh, it's a very mean, loose one. How do we get nominated for an Emmy? Because <laughs> we're great. Sort of we're, we're funny. Rich, you can submit all your complaints 
to human resources. Yeah. Yeah. That's another problem because you're in charge of it. His door door is always open. (laughs) Always open. My door is always open. (laughs) He's not in there, but the door's open. Because I have no door. (laughs) Pops in Traverse City, Michigan. What's up, Pops? How are you, Pops? I'm well. How are you guys? Thanks for taking my call. Great set of pipes, Pops. Yeah. Damn. Strong. (laughs) Rich, I got to tell you, I attended my first Michigan game uh, 1972, we bought season tickets. Love it. Cost us 48 bucks to yeah. go to <laughs> Wow. Uh, that's, that's, not, uh, that's not the cost anymore, is it, Pops? You, you can't park for 48 <laughs> <laughs> On that incredible golf course, too. I can't believe they let oh, people yeah. park yeah. on that course. What's on yeah, your mind, Pops? I gotta, well, I got to tell you, back in the day, I'm aging myself, guys went to college to get an education. I haven't heard the word education mentioned once by Saban, by any of these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody takes into account that these kids go to school and they get out of there. How much did you pay to go to college, Rich? Oh, I had, what did your education cost? Uh, a lot. I, had, I took student <laughs> loans to go there, but I also, I, I also were, I had a work-study program, though. So I got paid, you know, not a lot, but I got a work study. And I mean, maybe that's the way out of it, like a work study program. If you're if you're involved at a, at a school, giving you a stipend and then also making money off your name, interest and likeness. I remember Chris Webber talking about that. I'm sorry. We're at the end of the right. hour. Pops call back, please. I mean, Chris right, Webber talking about he would see his number four hanging in hanging in the mall. Yep. And he got no piece of that. Come on now. That would make you mad. man. Don't you think? I mean, I bought two Michigan Weber jerseys yeah, back one. in the day. <laughs> Gold one and the blue one. Yep. And, and maybe maybe he wouldn't have gone in the direction of Ed Martin if he was getting a piece of the jersey. That's a good point, yeah. Because those kids, should, those guys should have been paid because everybody rocked five. Yeah, and then you look back at what Reggie Bush got slapped down for. It's kind of quaint now, isn't it? <laughs> right. Man. Titus Welliver coming up. Pops in Traverse City, Michigan. I love it. 1972. Yeah, good. Yeah, you know what Pops isn't tickets. doing? You know what Pops isn't doing? Shutting the door of a boss's <laughs> office. Pops sounded like he was in charge. Pops right sounds there. like Pops, he, yeah, yeah. Pops might be retired. By the way, Traverse City, Michigan is a beautiful city. You know, so ever, you park at been. that school on the golf course? Say like, again? Kind of like the Rose Bowl? Say again? You, you park on the golf course for the games? They have a... They, they have a... The, I don't the University of Michigan golf course. The University of Michigan golf course. Yeah. Uh... Would you mind looking you it up? Golf? I think it's the same person who who designed um, uh, Augusta National. Wait a second, and they're parking a really? What yeah, man, I mean, where are you going to fit a hundred thousand? I know it's people? true. It's a big place. I've been there. So there's a couple nuts. of fairways that they put but the cars on. Oh my god! I remember playing it, and, and uh, you know, and, and people are telling play? me, telling me, it's like a par five over water. The greens over water, and people are like, "This is where Jack put it on in two and some Big Ten championship, and you know, years ago." Yeah, it's a top one hundred golf course in the United States. Wow! I'm not kidding you. And they're parking. Oh, you know, people park there. The Rose Bowl. Every time I go to a game there, it's like yeah, different parking, a different, know, uh, a different, a different golf course. I know that, but it's like I get. Like, there's history. Do? There's history. Like this is where Jack, when he was at Ohio State, he put it on in two, and he did this, he did that, and I'm like, yeah. It's whatever. like, what are they doing? Opened in 1931. Yeah. Wow. Does it say who's who designed it? Um, I'm trying. I'm looking. Was it uh, Tillinghast or Alistair McKenzie or something like that? I don't. I don't know. But anyway. 
Uh, yeah, Alistair McKenzie. Yes, it is. And then it did a it did a redesign in the '90s by Perry Maxwell. Well, you know, I did a redesign on it in the late '80s because I wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> I did my own personal redesign. So you're saying you didn't replace your divots? No. Yeah. Oh, excuse me, sir. Yes, okay. I did. It's, just, it's difficult to go back. Me. Certainly, when you're parking trucks on it. <laughs> but trust me, I think the parking does a little bit yeah. more damage. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard your swing's not great. National so, National. what'd you say? <laughs> Alistair McKenzie did Augusta National. That's what I go. Look at that. I got it right. With Bobby Jones, right? I got it right. Okay, Titus Welliver's coming out yeah. here, folks. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. By the way, I got the uh, ready to rock. I got the Deadwood. Deadwood hat. Ready for oh, oh, oh yeah, uh, Titus, you're gonna add your signature and your favorite curse word. Yep, that's what it, you got. The yeah, don't zoom in on that. Yeah, is he gonna, is yeah. yeah. Hunt and. Um, Oh, yeah, Kristen Bell signed this. Oliphant signed it. Ian McShane, who Titus did some great scenes with, he signed this. Wish that Thomas Jane read it. Here comes Titus Welliver, Bosch himself, coming out.